Well, if you grab a seat and find yourself a Bible, we're going to read our Old Testament reading to start off with. Uh, so turn to page 762, uh, and let's read Joel chapter 2, verses 28 to 32. We've been working our way through the book of Joel, uh, and this is our next chunk. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion... And in Jerusalem there shall be those who escape, as the Lord has said, and among the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. Well, it might uh, feel like a while ago uh, already, but uh, we fairly recently celebrated Easter. You might still be working your way through some Easter chocolate. Uh, And at Easter we remember and celebrate uh, Jesus rising from the dead. Uh, And after he rose, uh, he appeared to his disciples uh, and to many other people for 40 days uh, before he ascended to heaven. But 10 days later, uh, all the disciples were together in a house in Jerusalem. uh, And suddenly, without any warning, uh, there's a sound like the rushing of winds through the house. They see what seem to be tongues of fire and they separate uh, and rest on each of them. Uh, and they were, were told that they were filled with God's Holy Spirit. Uh, God's Spirit had arrived in all its fullness. Uh, before then, God had shown his presence with his people as a, a cloud or a, f- a flame ahead of the people, uh, or he had dwelt among them uh, in the temple or the tabernacle, uh, but it was always at a distance, set apart from the people. Uh, but now because of Jesus, uh, rather than God's people being destroyed by his holiness, His presence rushes in uh, amongst his people uh, and he dwells with them and in them. In this amazing moment of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit uh, fills the disciples and they begin to speak in other languages and proclaim boldly uh, the gospel when previously they had been fearful. How does that incredible true story uh, fit with what we've heard in Joel? How does it fit with our story uh, as individuals and as a church family? How are we to understand it? Uh, well, that's what we're going to be having a think about today. Uh, but let's pray before we do that. Let's bow our heads. Father God, thank you so much that we can meet together as your people this morning. Thank you that you have given us your spirit so that we can understand more of you and your words. Uh, And we pray that your spirit be at work amongst us this morning, uh, bringing uh, your word to life, helping us to understand it and to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as I said, we've been working our way uh, through the book of Joel, uh, and we've seen uh, that there's been a devastating locust plague. Uh, But this plague is no accident. Uh, The people have turn their backs on God, and Joel sees this uh, plague of locusts as a judgment from God. But at the same time, he calls them to repent and turn back to God before it's too late. 
And he says it's not too late. A reminder that God is slow to anger. He's abounding in steadfast love. Uh, And with this plague, he is calling them to wake up and listen, not to just stumble on, uh, but to turn back to him. Uh, So in chapter 2, God said, yeah, even now, return to me. Come back to me uh, with all your hearts, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. uh, And rend your hearts and not your garments. Uh, And Joel says, who knows whether God will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him. Uh, And as we saw last week with Tom, uh, that's exactly what God does when the people turn back to him. Uh, They're richly restored. Uh, He blesses them. Uh, For example, he pours down abundant rain when there's been droughts. That in itself shows God's great mercy. Uh, But at this point here, Joel, uh, inspired by God, lifts his eyes to the future. uh, And he writes what we've heard. He says, and it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Joel is called uh, the locust, the day of the Lord. Uh, But he has also shown them that there will be another day of the Lord coming. uh, One that is great uh, and terrible and awesome. Uh, we're told that all the people will be brought before the Lord. Uh, and who will stand? But we're told here that before that judgment, God promises that he is going to pour out his spirit. Uh, God gives them, the people back then, this incredible picture uh, that would have blown their minds and given them amazing hope. They're told that God is going to bless his people more than they can possibly imagine. He says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, we absolutely loved uh, the sunshine yesterday. Uh, we weren't in Newcastle, so I hope there was some sunshine here. Um, uh, it felt like the first proper day of summer. Uh, but um, in the time of a drought, when you farm the land, uh, you long for the heavens to open and for the rain to come. Probably not something we, we often long for quite so much. Uh, but in this chapter, we've seen God pour out his uh, abundant rain for his people. Uh, and here God says that in the future... He's going to pour out, uh, same words, he's going to pour out his spirit on his people. But what would the people back in Joel's day have understood uh, by the spirit? In the Old Testament, we're told that uh, God's spirit equipped uh, his people to lead, uh, people to lead or rescue God's people. Uh, God made himself known uh, to people by his spirit in a powerful way. Uh, But this only happened to a few certain individuals. But here Joel tells us that God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. Uh, He'll reveal himself in power and and make himself known to people. The spirit will be poured out uh, so people are soaked and swept along by the spirit of God. Joel wanted his people to see that one day God would reveal himself in a way that they would be able to know him far, far more deeply. Uh, there would be a flood of his presence. 
And hundreds of years later, uh, on that day of Pentecost, the crowds gather, they're confused, they're not sure what's happening, they're asking, what's going on? What does this mean? And the Apostle Peter stands up, having been so afraid before, and he says, these people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Peter says, this is the fulfillment of that promise hundreds of years ago in the, by the prophet Joel. Uh, this is it. God has poured out his spirit like the rain. Uh, he is faithful and trustworthy. It must have been an amazing, uh, exciting uh, realization for them to see that promise come true. Uh, but fast forward from Pentecost uh, to today, uh, what are we to make of God pouring out his spirit? Uh, in the New Testament, we see that uh, it's the spirit that enables people to understand the gospel in the first place and to put their trust in Jesus. So Paul writes that uh, God saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Uh, and he also writes, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Uh, or in other words, uh, if you're a Christian, uh, then you have the spirit uh, because only the Spirit gives life and helps us to know Jesus. In this passage from Joel, uh, we see that the pouring out of the Spirit is no longer just going to be for a few individuals. Uh, it will be open to everyone, male or female, young or old, uh, master or servant, Jew or Gentile. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So the Spirit enables us to be saved and to know God. Uh, by the Spirit, we can know and see God's beauty, uh, his majesty, his power, holiness, mercy, and greatness. When God draws near to people by his Spirit, uh, he reveals himself to them. And when the Holy Spirit works in us like that, uh, and we see God in that way, uh, it moves us deeply. And if we don't feel moved by God's uh, amazing character uh, and what he has done for us, uh, then we need to pray for the Spirit to be at work in us. And we need to spend time meditating on the Scriptures and uh, asking God to reveal himself to us. Uh, about seven years ago now, I think I've got that right, uh, my wife Sophie and I uh, were up at Hadrian's Wall and we went wild swimming uh, and I asked her to marry me and we got engaged. Uh, sadly, it was pouring with rain, things hadn't gone quite to plan, uh, but the sun did come out a little bit later. Uh, but that evening, uh, I took her out to this amazing restaurant for a meal, she loves her food, uh, and one of the courses was this parsnip velouté, uh, or velvety soup in normal language. Uh, and Sophie was literally in tears over how good this soup was, having not cried whatsoever when I asked her to marry me, which I thought was pretty outrageous. Um, <laughs> But when we see the beauty of something uh, and understand how incredible it is, uh, it moves us, doesn't it? Uh, it might not always be to tears, uh, but it has a deep impact on us. Uh, and Joel goes on to say that God will make himself known to his people uh, in their lives. Uh, he writes, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And when God pours his spirit into people, uh, it changes us from the inside. 
Uh, and when we're delighting in the Lord, uh, we will speak of him and we will bring his word to bear into people's lives and specific situations. Uh, now, I don't think we should think of prophecy here as uh, about predicting the future necessarily. Uh, instead, uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians that the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. And so Joel isn't trying to get people excited that one day they'll be able to predict the future, like whether Newcastle are actually going to finally win the league uh, or whether you should buy shares in Tesla. Uh, no, he's looking forward to the day when people, young and old, rich and poor, will be so filled with God that they dream of him at night, catch visions of him in the daytime, uh, and can't help but speak about him uh, and speak about him into people's situations. Sometimes that um, might be the Spirit working us in us in a way that um, feels fairly normal or expected. Uh, sometimes it might be more unexpected, uh, such as some of the stories Robin and Alice Whaley, who we just heard from earlier, uh, have told us about Muslims in Kosovo seeing visions or dreams of Jesus. Uh, and it may be true that we should expect more of those things uh, where God's word is not so readily available. But either way, uh, in Acts 2, uh, it's not just about experiencing some uh, um, phenomenon. Uh, when the people are filled with the Spirit, uh, it tells us that they were declaring the wonders of God. Uh, they were full of wonder for him. And Peter was led to boldly get up and explain the scriptures to the crowds and how they point to Christ. And Joel tells us that God pouring out his spirit is not just for the spiritual elites, uh, it's for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, all who put their trust in Jesus. Uh, because we live in an age where God is pouring out his spirit on all who call on his name. You see, back in Joel's day, uh, they could only look forward to this day with hope. Uh, but for us here today, uh, this promise is now here. Uh, Joel uh, looked forward to the promise of Pentecost, uh, and we live in this time between Pentecost uh, and that final day of judgment, uh, when God will bring judgment, and the promise of God's Spirit is placed uncompromisingly uh, between uh, a picture of that coming judgment, and uh, besides, sorry, it's placed uncompromisingly beside uh, a picture of God's judgment coming but we're told that those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Uh, but in this time that we live between Pentecost and God's coming day of judgment, uh, we have an amazing opportunity to call on the name of the Lord, uh, to be saved, to have him dwell amongst us by his spirit, uh, and to be a lifeboat to others and to those around us. Uh, and we mustn't take it for granted. Uh, think of the football supporter, uh, maybe a Newcastle supporter, who's waited uh, their whole life for their team to finally win the league. Uh, they've been through relegations and disappointments, uh, and then their f team finally do it, and they go on a winning streak. Uh, and compare that to a child who just think that, thinks that that is the norm uh, for, for their team and the way things have always been. Uh, we mustn't take uh, this time of the Spirit for granted. Uh, this is a great time to be alive. Uh, we mustn't miss the moment and uh, miss the opportunity. Uh, so will we pray uh, that we here at St. Joseph's 
we'll be a spirit-filled church. Now, what might that, that look like? Uh, well, in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, uh, here's what he says. He says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, uh, but be filled with the Spirit, uh, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Uh, the verb uh, here means uh, to go on being filled with the Spirit. It's not a one-off experience, but it's talking about a Spirit-filled life. And he's telling the church to be filled with the Spirit together, uh, filled in a way in which their love and admiration for God uh, spills over into their words and their lives, filled in a way uh, where they encourage one another with the truth of the gospel and where they sing Christ's praises with excitement and joy and where they are full of gratitude for Jesus, even in the hard times. And wouldn't that be a great thing to pray uh, for us here at St. Joseph's? Uh, that, would be, that we would be so thankful for Christ that we would love to serve others uh, and love to hold out the gospel to those around us that people might call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Uh, let's pray that the Spirit will fire our hearts uh, with love for Christ. Uh, when Ken comes back from sabbatical in September, uh, we're going to be thinking a bit more about our vision uh, as a church uh, and our direction and having a conversation around that. Uh, and will we be bold and courageous as a church family, in light of God's amazing answered promises that we've seen here in Joel, uh, will we live by the Spirit and hold out this promise to our generation? Uh, we live in this amazing time. Paul writes, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Uh, the great 19th century uh, theologian and preacher, Jonathan Edwards, who you might have heard of, uh, was once described as a thoroughly God-besotted individual. Uh, let's pray that that might be true of us here at St. Joseph's and that we would be filled and saturated by the beauty and greatness of God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much that you have poured out your spirit on your people. Thank you that we can now know you deeply and personally. Uh, we pray that we would be a spirit-filled church here at St. Joseph's, full of people living spirit-filled lives, uh, so that when people come along, they would see that God is amongst us. Uh, we thank you for your amazing character that we see here in the book of Joel, and that we see even more clearly in Jesus. And we pray that our love and admiration for Jesus uh, would spill out into our words and lives. Amen.